You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed. In Markham. In Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan. In Stouffville. In Woodbridge. In Unionville. You're listening to 1059 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez. And this is The Feed. We are York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues and the events that matter to all of us who live and work here. On this weekend show, we take you inside cover notes in Richmond Hill. We also learn more about the changes to Canada's food guide, and we have advice to help you save money. Those stories are coming up. But we begin with a stop by York Regional Police and why they were named one of Canada's top employers for young people for 2019. Jim Lang with the story. Well, we all know what York Regional Police and how much they do in the community all the time. And, you know, to be honest with you, I always associate, you know, police forces with more veteran, senior, experienced people. But how about this? The chief of York Regional Police, Eric Jolliffe, thrilled to announce that York Regional Police has been named one of Canada's, Canada's top 100 employers for young people in 2019. That's pretty impressive to talk more about it. Thrilled to be speaking with their manager of human resources, Karen Larkin. Karen, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Jim. How are you? Good. I, I know you have over 1,500 officers and 600 civilian employees at York Regional Police. How did um, a police force, which a lot of people, I guess, associate with you know older, more experienced people, become such a great place to work for young people? Absolutely, Jim. As you're aware, um, we love to interact with our community. We have officers out in the schools offering assistance all the time. We like to stay current um, and on point with all the topics that we that we look at. So it is definitely a goal of ours to engage our um, younger community members in a variety of uh, programs and initiatives at York Regional Police. Um, we offer a summer student program as well, an employment opportunity, and then we offer a variety of different programs where we have youth forums and opportunities where youth can come in and spend a one-day training um, and speaking to, to uh, topics that are, that are current and in, and in the news. And Karen, policing in 2019 is so different than what we see TV, you know, thinking the guy in a girl in uniform in a cruiser. There's much more to it. When you're talking similar employment, you're looking at fields like finance and human resources and information technology, and that's a big part of policing in 2019 as well. Absolutely. We have, um, as you mentioned, over 600 civilian employees, and we always like to be out and about in the community and making people aware that it's not just about being a police officer. It's also uh, about being that support staff that supports our police officers and makes their jobs a little bit easier, not having to worry about um, updated technology, making sure they get paid, you know, uh, pension and benefits and so forth. So we have a great um, support staff in our civilian members, and we're constantly looking at recruiting from colleges and universities and so forth to make them aware that there's not just that police officer position here at York Regional Police. Speaking with Karen Larkin, she's the manager of human resources with the York Regional Police, named one of Canada's Canada's top 100 employees for young people in 2019. And Karen, I know a lot of work has been done in the last four or five years with Chief Jolliffe and the staff to, to sort of you know, create dialogue and break some of those old barriers that people had and stereotypes of police and young people so that young people thought that and can think and look at it as a cool career choice. Absolutely, Jim. I think um, the more we get 
the opportunities to showcase our programs and initiatives out there and make people aware that it's not just about policing but about that community engagement and um, looking at a variety of different generations um, in the workforce and how we deal with uh, with those and just making sure that they know that these opportunities are available to them. And I'm not just saying this because you're on, but I mean, York Regional Police, their social media and Twitter account, Instagram is, is really exceptional. and they, they do a variety of things tongue-in-cheek stuff about, you know, frosh week for university students or whether it's the, the, the perils of impaired driving over the holidays or, or showing some amazing infrared footage of uh, the helicopter York Regional Police catching someone uh, committing a crime. How much have you found the, the impact of social media reaching out to the younger people in the region? I think it's amazing. Our corporate communications office does an incredible job at that and keeping it, as you say, um, light and fun and where there are serious topics, but they're doing it in a way that really reaches every generation. Um, now, the mentor program is something I find interesting because everyone's talking about how young people, if they had a mentor, they could really take a, the next step to becoming a professional. Um, how does that manifest itself? How can maybe a family who has someone, a young man or woman in their uh, family who are looking for the career, use the mentor program to really get a nice career with York Regional Police? So there's a couple different options with that one, Jim. We have an internal mentorship program that we offer to our internal employees, and it's crossed against both the civilian and uniformed staff um, and gives them an opportunity to really pair up with maybe it's a career development conversation, maybe it's a career pathing piece, but uh, it could be a civilian and a uniform paired, it could be a civilian and civilian or a uniform and a uniform. And basically what they're doing is they're they're guiding them through their career, offering some, some of their knowledge, their um, skills that they've developed through the years and really guiding them through. From a youth perspective, we also offer things like our Yippie programs um, where we actually hire in um, various youth members to come in and work for us and then we match them up with a police officer that that really helps mentor them and show them um, what else is out there. You know, it's usually a, a youth that has had a troubled upbringing um, and experienced some some hard things and uh, that police officer then becomes the the mentor for that youth. And looking at the big picture, Karen, I think the fact that the company, the York Regional Police has been grouped in with all these companies for top young people to work at in 2019 is great because unfortunately, you know, the fact of life, police officers can't work forever and eventually they do retire and that attrition sometimes can be tough on the people still there. So if you have fresh young people engaged and interested in policing as a career, you always have a steady stream of employees to fill those gaps when people do retire. Absolutely. And I think also just, you know, all that knowledge that lands up walking out the door um, along with that experience. So we, we're looking at those opportunities on how we can transfer that knowledge to, to the younger group. Now, how did you end up working at York Regional Police? I actually started as a uh, as a summer student, as an intern, um, a, an industry placement through my HR diploma. No kidding. And so did, did you yeah. have any idea what you were walking into when you started? I did not know what I was walking into when I started, and I was just uh, fortunate enough to be there in the right place at the right time and managed to find my career path here. So I thoroughly enjoy my job, and it's a great place to work. And I know what people think, and uh, I've had to, obviously, through the radio station interaction with the, some of the men and women at York Regional Police, it, it does seem like a fun place to work for an employee. 
it is a fun place to work. We try to keep it, you know, as you know, it's not always fun, um, depending on what is in the news and what they're what they're dealing with, and it's a lot of serious um, stuff as well. But we try to keep it as fun, and we try to keep it as, as organized as we can to help alleviate any troubles with, you know, pay benefits and all that stuff. You don't want to have to be worrying about that when you're doing something more serious out on the road. Well done. Uh, Karen Larkin, uh, continue great work as a manager of Human Resources, York Regional Police, a real feather in the cap to everyone that works there from Chief Jolliffe on down to find out the York Regional Police named one of Canada's top 100 employers uh, for young people in 2019 is pretty darn impressive. You guys should be very proud of that, Karen. Thank you so much, Jim. We are very, very proud. Take care now. Take care. You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region. Our next couple of stories are focused on your money, including how to protect yourself in a divorce and knowing your worth. Christy Laverty with the expert opinion. Today we're joined by Robin Thompson. She's president of Castlemark Wealth Management and a certified financial planner. So welcome. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about divorce. And there have been a number of high-profile divorces in the news. So that kind of prompts people to talk about things like splitting up monies and properties. And there are things that we can all do to protect ourselves financially and just make sure kind of our houses are in order, so to speak. So maybe you can kind of give us a few tips on the things that people should be thinking about when maybe that does happen and they're facing divorce. Yeah, I'm happy to. I think that what we should start is give you a bit of statistics around what divorce looks like here in Canada. And about 40% of all married couples here will not make it to their 30th wedding anniversary. Believe it or not, 13 years is the average marriage. And legally speaking, seven years is considered to be a long marriage. So there's definitely statistics around divorces and how it applies to Canadians. Um, if you are someone that is going down this road, it's important to understand that there are some things that you can do, like you said, to protect yourself. And the first one would be is the most important is to know your worth. Ignorance can be very expensive. Even if you have spent years amassing your fortune with your partner, if you don't fully know what your assets are, where they are, how much they're worth, and if you have access to them, you're definitely leaving yourself at financial, I guess, risk or your financial worth at risk during a divorce. So what you need to do is you need to locate a few documents. The first one would be any real estate documents that you have for all your properties. Then you want to move on to things like investments, bank account statements, perhaps originals of your wills, powers of attorney, and trust. Having all this information on hand will be able to give you a sort of like a base ground to understand what is my worth, where is everything, how much is it worth, do I have access to it? So you're protecting yourself as you go through the process. And really, those kind of things to me, and people can sometimes be a little afraid of the numbers and the information, but that's really something that we, generally speaking, should know when you're in a marriage from the start. I mean, those are things that everyone really should keep in order, basic documents. Absolutely, but I do find that in households, there generally is one person that manages the finances. And so there's usually the husband or the wife, and they're sort of in charge of being the person that's the gatekeeper for the finances, paying the bills. And I find that in most marriages, one girl tends to not pay as much attention because the other one is. So if you're in the position where you are the one that is seeking the divorce or seeking the dissolution of your marriage and you are not the one that manages the household finances, it's important to understand what that looks like. Even if you're not going through that process, know your worth. It's your worth. And, and, and in a marriage, it can easily sort of, you know, sort of 
blend into each other. But you should always know what your worth is and what your properties are and what your assets are. And if you don't know to the exact number, you should have an idea of where those statements are, where your wills are, because in the event that something does happen to your partner, these are things you're going to need. And when we talk about divorce, it can be a bit of a lonely situation. And, you know, obviously, looking at the finances is really important, but there are other things to think about, too. Absolutely. And what you really need to do is, if you are going through this process, and and as you said, it is a very lonely and isolating process, this is where you need to put your team together. This is really my sort of the next tip that I'm going to talk to you about is to choose the team that's going to work for you. And these are the people that are going to ensure that you are secure during this process, that you're making informed decision that's going to be beneficial to you not only now, but in the future and as you go through, through this divorce process. And one of your first priorities, if you haven't already, is to separate your advisors. So what I mean by that is if you have you have an advisor and your husband has an advisor, you need to have them separate. Your partner has an advisor, rather. You can't have the same advisors or the same professionals because a conflict of interest could arise. So professionals be things like your accountant, your lawyer, your certified financial planner. But under no circumstances should you ever try to hide, dispose of, sell anything during divorce proceedings by yourself. You need to have legal counsel to give you direction on what it is that you need to be doing. So these are people that are going to support you, that are going to give you the knowledge you need to make solid decisions. And they'll be there to hold your hand through it. I mean, your lawyer is obviously one of the most important parts of this, and they'll go through the legal part of what it is to get divorced. But you need a planner, and you need an accountant, and you need all of those people to back you up. You've given us already a lot of information and a lot of things that people kind of need to put in place moving forward. Anything else that you think is really important because it can be really overwhelming. It, it, and it is overwhelming. And, and they're really the part of it here is that sometimes I hear from clients that have come into my office that they stay in marriages um, for the money because they're afraid of what it looks like. They're afraid of what happens if they step outside the comfort or the circle of their marriage and they feel trapped. So what I would suggest is put some lists together. And the last one I'm going to suggest is you put three lists together. And these are going to really give you the foundation for you to say, I have all the information I need. I can at least go and now start looking for my advisors and the people that can help me. So you can make an informed decision. You know, you're not going to look at the cliff and jump right off. You need to do your work first. So these are the three lists I'd put together. The first one is going to be what you own. And you're going to do this for yourself and for your spouse as well as for jointly. So you have to list everything that you own. So these are things like your principal residence, any investment properties that you own, any sort of investment that you have that's that's capital within your marriage, then all of your um, investment statements, so your TSSAs, your RRSPs, your non-registered accounts. Anything on this list for you, your spouse, and jointly has to be any assets that you have within the marriage. So you can have an idea of then sort of how to go about separating them as you go through this process. Now, the next list would be about what you owe. These are all your liabilities. So if you have any mortgages attached to those real estate properties, if you have any loans, lines of credit, leases, any debt obligations that you, um, your partner, and then jointly have also needs to be recorded. And then lastly, look at your income. What is your income? What is your partner's income? And do you have any joint income that you need to look at? Because these are all things you're going to need to understand as you go through the process. Because you want to be protected. You want to step off into the world if you are going through this very, very isolating, lonely period with a strong foundation of, I got this. You know, I can manage this because I've done my work and I have all the necessary items to be able to move forward. I'm thinking to myself that this, you know, is that overwhelming experience. It can get testy 
things, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's emotional, you know, protecting yourself with knowing your worth, you know, finding those people that are going to help you back up, you know, your own, uh, you know, direction. And then, you know, knowing what lists you've got makes that difficult process that much easier and can really eliminate maybe some of that contentiousness in a divorce when you know what's happening, know what you have and know what needs to be split up and divided amongst the couple. Mm-hmm. And even looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, how much in- income am I going to need? And that's where when you're working with a certified financial planner, you're actually able to sit down and understand how much am I going to need on a monthly basis? What do I need to pay for? What do those bills look like? If you have kids, what do those bills look like? And once you have an idea of what that is, then you're arming yourself with all of the, the tools that you need to start creating a different reality as a single independent person. It is something that unfortunately is not the best experience from an emotional perspective, but money is emotional and it is financial. But when you get to the nitty gritty of it, you need to protect yourself and, and move forward through the process and understand that, you know, do the work and at the end of it, allow the professionals to give you guidance. Let your lawyer, your financial planner, your accountant, they're there for you to help you through the process. Thank you so much. Those were fantastic tips. Robin Thompson, president of Castlemark Wealth Management and a certified financial planner. You're so welcome. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region, and we'll keep our attention on money matters with the kitchen table forecast and how to manage your home finances. Afwaba makes sense of it all. So we're just about uh, three weeks into 2019, and we are getting some new numbers that uh, is a bit concerning. About two-thirds of Canadians entering the new year are worried about their finances. And right now, to help them out a little bit, to see what's going on in the economic world, and to, of course, give us some uh, handy-dandy tips we have Lori Campbell, who is the CEO of Credit Canada. Lori, thanks so much for chatting with me today. My pleasure, Afwa. All right. So two thirds of Canadians saying that they're worried about their money. What, uh, what's that about? Well, you know, we're heading into 2019 with a bit of a scary situation. Debt levels have never been higher. And to put it in perspective, right now, for every dollar a Canadian makes, they owe over $1.70. Now, looking back to 1990, for every dollar a Canadian made, they owed less than 90 cents. So we know that debt levels are very, very high. The economy seems a little bit shaky. People are starting to worry about job loss. And then on top of that, we've got very high interest rates. That, well, not very high. They've been extremely low, but we're seeing them start to creep up. And we've had five interest hikes over the last year and a half or so, and there's a proposed three this year. So all of those things combined are making Canadians feel a little bit uncomfortable this year. And it is a bit interesting because, of course, we get those numbers month to month about the overall national unemployment rate, and it seems to be going down. Yet, ironically, Canadians are still worried about um, job security and, and if they will have a job next month and if it'll be able to pay their bills, actually. <laughs> Exactly. And I think the reason is, is that people are so close to the edge. So, you know, generally when you don't have a, any kind of emergency fund or you don't have any savings put away and you may have high debt, you worry about losing your job more. Even though, even though the loss of that job may, may not be something to be terribly concerned about. Um, and simply because people are so close to the edge. And there was another study by, uh, MMP that says for Canadians, about 46% of Canadians are stating that they perhaps are about $200 away each month from feeling they may have to declare bankruptcy. So if they had $200 less each month, they would feel that they need, that would be something they need to consider. And that's quite astounding. $200 isn't that far away. $200 can can 
pretty much <laughs> finish up pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. If you have something that goes on in your life, such as a car repair or your house, you know, needs a new roof or there's some health issues, you can so easily um, extra money can be eaten away. So, um, you know, what we found with this kitchen table sort of survey was that 34% are concerned about, about just the increase increased cost of living, so inflation, one in four are concerned they won't be able to keep up monthly payments as it is today, and also one in four are concerned about their debt growing. So, you know, uh, realistically, if they're worried about their debt growing and they're paying upwards of 20 to 29% on, on credit cards, they should be concerned, and that's something they need to deal with. And um, also talking about that, that kitchen table report, some of the people that are more concerned are those who have sort of been in this place before or seen this sort of economic style before, which is those who are um, 55 plus. If you can talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so those individuals 55 plus have seen, you know, the dips and valleys, uh, dips and peaks in our um Economy, so they've seen the the, the red flags that that uh, may point to a recession. So when we find that more individuals over the age of 55 who've had experience feel the economy is going to get worse, I think we should sit up and listen because you know I think there are signs there that uh, economic conditions could uh, could be problematic. I mean, we've seen very recently with the the, the plant in Oshawa that's going to be closing. We've seen how the economy has been in Alberta. So. Without a doubt, um, there have been some red flags on the horizon. Even with uh, those who might not be 55 plus, uh, there are those of us who can probably still remember that, funny enough, 10 years ago, uh, that's when the big recession came about. And so now 10 years later, um, how can we maybe help to secure ourselves financially, maybe recession-proof our life? What are some tips you can give us? So number one, I say, if you have credit card debt, look at ways to get rid of it as quickly as you can. And that means, you know, if you have to start bringing your lunch to work, you have to start, you know, bringing your coffee to work, if you have to think about cutting back on your cell plan or your internet plan or your cable plan, do it. Because you think about it and put that money directly towards that that debt because you think about the interest you're paying on that. If you got that interest yourself, you'd be laughing. It, it, it's unfathomable that people are paying so much interest on credit card debt. So that's number one. It's important. Credit card debt is enemy number one. So try to try to get rid of that as quickly as possible. Involve your family so that not one of you is out there using the credit cards for the other ones out there trying to, to save money and get rid of them. Get an emergency fund in place. And when I say this, FY, I'm talking about, you know, it takes about approximately three to six months um, you know, to get back into the job market if you lose your job. So thinking about that, you really should have some secure cushion in place. And if you can't, obviously you can't grow up to three, six months uh, very quickly, even if you start with 20 bucks a month, do something so you are making regular contributions that you're not touching. Create a budget, obviously that's very, very important and talk to your family about sticking to the budget in ways that you can cut back. Get help if you you can't do it on your own. There's not-for-profit credit counseling services like Credit Canada to help deal with debt and maybe get interest stopped if the case warrants it. And there are certified credit, uh, certified financial planners to help you decide how to manage your money better. So, you know, so many people live in isolation with their debt or in isolation with their finances and they don't have to. I'm hearing all of these great tips. And, and one thing that keeps coming into mind is stop hiding. I think sometimes whenever it yeah. comes up a mountain, they're just like, nope, I don't see it. It doesn't exist. And that could be even yeah. worse. It could be worse, and I'll tell you why. Because, you know, financial problems 
cause a host of other issues in people's lives. It can, it can lead to mental health issues. It can lead to problems in your relationship. You know, you can't function or, or focus at work because you're so stressed out. Um, addiction problems can go up. People don't sleep at night. So it, it, it's, it's very, very broad um, how financial issues can affect you. And dealing with the financial issues and, and, and just realizing that you can't do it alone or realizing that you have to talk to someone will take a huge relief off of you. And that's the biggest thing that we see here at Credit Canada all the time is now I can sleep tonight. Now I feel less stressed out. Now I feel like I can move forward. And those are such important things for individuals who have really been you know, perhaps living in isolation with their finances for many years. It's probably just removing the blinders and just being okay that it's okay to talk about it. And if you you feel uncomfortable, I don't think it's sort of a wrong thing to say that people sort of have it all together in terms of what it means for finances. There are a lot of terms out there that we probably don't know about. It's okay to get the help. It's with anything that you need help with, really. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of people that um, feel that there's nowhere to turn, uh, find afterwards that there's a huge sense of relief and, you know, they feel that finally uh, there's someone that's willing to listen to them and finally they feel like, you know what, this is not an impossible situation because when you're dealing with situations on your own, it, it, it sometimes becomes insurmountable and having a professional break it down for you and look at very valid options and how to deal with it can be life-changing. Okay, so you've given us some great tips and, um, of course, just maybe ripping the Band-Aid off of the wound and just, saying, hey, get it out there. Talk to us about Credit Canada um, and what services you offer so that listeners need help, they can come over to Credit Canada. Yeah, so Credit Canada is a, is a, a not-for-profit organization that's been around for over 50 years, helping people that are dealing with financial difficulties or just helping them work with a budget. And what we do is take a look at your whole financial situation, your income, your assets, your debts, and a budget, and look at ways to manage your money. Um, and we'll help you set goals around your finances so you can actually feel like you're getting somewhere. We do offer a repayment program and get creditors to stop interest and reduce payments if that's necessary, but other options may be just as valid for you or just as uh, reasonable for you, such as, you know, working on a budget or selling an asset, or unfortunately, if the situation warrants it, bankruptcy may be an option as well, but at least a qualified credit counselor can assess that and make uh make you uh, aware of what options are available to you. Okay, Lori, thank you so much for, uh, you know what, schooling us on the finances, but giving us some practical tips. I think we can make it through 2019. Uh, let's make that one of those life goals to, to get our finances in track. Thanks so much, Lori. Good stuff. Thanks, Afwa. You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com for a replay. If grocery store shopping is on your to-do list this weekend, in a buggy may be able to help. Yeah, they're good with the details. Julian, can you first tell me what in a buggy is? Absolutely. Um, So in a buggy is uh, an online marketplace for groceries and alcohol as well as prepared foods. Um, and uh, other other products. And so what we do is we connect the uh, users, which are customers, to the retailers that we've uh, onboarded onto our platform and teamed up with um, to provide them convenience and provide the users their time back, um, in essence. So what they do is they, they go on to inabuggy.com and they can shop from multiple stores or one store um, on our platform and get their groceries delivered the same day delivered to their doorstep. 
who do you cater to? Um, where where people live? Who do you cater to? Who do we cater to? Yeah. We cater to uh, everybody. So um, I mean, in general, when you're looking at the e-commerce, uh, you know, world, you're looking at mostly women, um, you know, females who are your 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 majority of the demographics. Um, but within a buggy, because it's food and everybody eats, we cater to everybody from young to uh, the older generations and everybody in between. Why do you think, um, because their grocery gateway kind of started a lot of this, but now there are a lot of different companies that, that do this. Why do you think there has been an increase in these types of services like in a buggy? Well, I don't know if there's been an increase in these types of services and whether you're referring to grocery delivery specifically, um, because there are a few that do grocery mm-hmm. delivery. Yeah. Um, you know, the majority of them are probably the meal kits that you're, you're thinking about, um, which is a little bit different than groceries. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, I, I would say that not too many, uh, entities out there do deliver groceries, um, because it, it, does entail a lot of work from, uh, you know, development and, uh, you know, working with the different retailers and integrating all their SKUs onto our platform and so forth. So it's, um, it's I would probably say there are not too many that deliver groceries okay. unless you're referring to, to something else. Well, have you seen, have you seen, how long has In a Buggy been around for? In a Buggy has been around since 2015. Okay, so have you seen an increase in the number of people that are using your service? Absolutely. We see that on a monthly basis, and we see a you know, very strong demand for our users who are looking to buy their time back and essentially looking to get their groceries delivered to their home or office. Um, now, I know that uh, you know, y- yesterday the food guide, the new food guide came out. Um, have you seen, so just kind of segueing a little bit into that, just over the years, have you seen people just from what you've seen people, what people order, uh, to buy for groceries, have you seen their eating habits change at all over the years? Yes, that's actually a great question. Um, just based on consumer trends, I can tell you that, you know, when in a buggy first launched, um, consumers were purchasing a lot more convenience foods such as frozen pizza, oven-ready lasagnas, taco kits, and so forth. Um, what we're noticing in terms of trends are customers now realize they don't have to do that because, uh, you know, they could save a lot of time avoiding traffic, you know, parking, um, spending time shopping, and, you know, waiting in line. Um, so they can actually spend their time preparing and cooking healthy meals. And so what we've noticed is an uptick in more of the organic products, um, as well as the vegan products that are starting to make uh, a lot of buzz, specifically on our platform that we're noticing. Okay. Um, do, do when people order, can they, like if they're looking for particular sort of vegan products, how does In a Buggy work like that? Like, is there, a, is there enough of a selection for people to choose from? How do you guys do that? Absolutely. So we partnered and teamed up with a number of retailers. Um, we have various retailers that specialize in these products. Um, Organic Garage being one of the partners that we've joined forces with, where it is a platform and uh, you know a number of stores across the GTA where they can actually purchase uh, organic products and uh, more, um, specifically 
from these stores. And so we, we give the, the users or customers the option to purchase, you know, from various stores such as Organic Garage for those products. Okay. Yeah, because they were talking with the food guy that more people are tending to, they're recommending people don't eat as much um, red meat, more plant-based sort of products. So they would be looking for things like that. So in a bug, buggy provides those options. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've actually noticed uh, an uptick in the plant-based um, foods such as the, you know, the Beyond Meat burgers and so forth. Right. So it's definitely something that's uh, gaining traction from a consumer trend standpoint. We are noticing that more and more of our, our users are, you know, shopping uh, the healthy the healthy foods, so to speak. So you have, you know, the prepared meals by Summerhill Markets and, and McEwen's uh, Gourmet Grocery where they can get their healthy and prepared meals. Um, you also have, you know, the customers that are looking at, um, you know, the the meal preparations that they can actually make now um, because they don't have that, that crunch to actually go out and grocery shop themselves. So they, you know, they're starting to spend more time at home um, with their family or loved ones, you know, preparing these foods and, and spending more time eating these foods at home with their family. And if someone wants to order, what's the process? Like if I order in the morning, do I get my groceries that day? How does that work? Right. So the way the process works is very simple. You would go to inabuggy.com. You would enter your postal code because it's geolocation based. And uh, we are across, uh, you know, the metro, major metro cities in Canada. Um, and what would happen is based on your location, the stores that are available would pop up and you'd be able to choose which stores you'd like to shop from. And once you're done your shopping, you check out and you'd be able to have these groceries and whatnot received the same day in as little as an hour, actually, and up to three days in advance, depending on uh, your preference and convenience. That's really good, especially, I would imagine, perhaps on a day like today where people don't want to be out driving. Do you see an increase in the winter? Uh, sorry, I, I didn't you, hear that. Do you thing. see an increase on a day like this? Do you see an increase in the winter, especially with people ordering groceries online? Yeah, that's a good question because, uh, you know, initially we thought that it may be cyclical and seasonal, but what we have noticed that is that, you know, we're, we're seeing an uptick in, in rise on a monthly basis, regardless whether it's December, January, or, you know, the month of June or July. Uh, it's, it's just because more and more users are actually learning about the service. And what's happening is once they learn about the service, they, you know, they start using the service and they try it out. Once they try it out once, they realize that, you know, they can save their time or buy their time back by doing other things. So um, I wouldn't say that the winter months are are stronger. Um, it's just the, the user base grows as people find out with awareness and exposure. And um, the popularity is just, you know, it's growing on, like I said, it's growing on a monthly basis. And, it, you know, the, the true demand from uh, a consumer angle is definitely validated on our end to see the, the results that are, Know, month to month. And if people, just a, remi- a reminder, if people do want to use your service, how do they go about doing that? Right. They would simply download our app in iTunes or Google Play, um, or they would be able to actually go online through their tablet or laptop or computer or whatnot. Um, and uh, it's a very simple, literally 30-second sign-up process 
where you can register on inabuggy.com and you can go ahead and start uh, ordering your groceries. And once you do that, it would be assigned to a shopper who would deliver the groceries to them at the specified window that the, the customer would choose. That's great. Thank you, Julian, so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And that was Julian Glazer, the CEO of Inabuggy, joining me, Heather Good, on the feed. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region, where we share stories, issues, and events from across York Region. Our next stop, Richmond Hill, and Cover Notes. Galit Solomon takes us inside. Monique, so today we're talking about Cover Notes, which is located in a beautiful building that's been restored, a historic uh, high school previously, and adjoining the Richmond Hill Performing Arts Centre. And, and for some of the locals, it's a regular haunt, I'm assuming. What can you tell us about this phenomenal coffee, tea shop, slash bookstore? Um, I, like you said, it's just a, it's a wonderful hub for all age ranges. We get a lot of students that are coming in who spend their whole day with us. They'll have breakfast, lunch, and a snack with us. Um, it's surrounded by all the books in the store. There's over 500 books, different types. Um, you can purchase them. They're used, gently used books. Um, and then we have everybody who, come, who comes with their mothers and grandmothers and has tea, coffee, and sandwiches with us. Uh, just an overall very well-rounded crowd uh, surrounded by books and art. That's fantastic. And, you know, in this day and age where, you know, books, uh, bookstores are mostly, you know, these mega stores for book lovers like myself, it's, it's a wonderful place to spend an afternoon or spend an evening just browsing and, and obviously enjoying a cup of tea. There are 40 different varieties from what I understand. Yes, 40 different varieties of loose leaf teas, organic teas, um, herbals. We got red teas, green teas, and black teas. So a whole bunch of choices to choose from. You just open the jars, give them a smell, and bring whatever one you want over to us. And we make up a lovely warm cup of tea. A hot cup of tea, not warm, hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. What's your favorite flavor? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I have a favorite flavor in every single one of them. I love the green teas, the mint green tea. In the reds, I love the new Megan and Harry wedding tea. In the blacks, I love the vanilla hazelnut tea. And in the herbals, I love the ginger tea, especially this time of year where the colds and flus are going around. It's got a nice spicy kick finish that soothes the throat. That's that's a great variety. I'm uh, I'm thinking I should try the Megan and Harry one. <laughs> oh, it's so good, and it's so popular right now just because of I'll everything bet. that's going on. And now that she's pregnant, even more people are having her tea. I was going <laughs> to ask. There might be a baby uh, version of that tea coming soon. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so let's talk about sort of the origins of cover notes. It, it's such a unique. Concept, like I said, in this day and age, when um, you know we're dealing with with more of a mega stores where most people think they have to go to get their books. If you're really looking for that experience, it's such a great concept. So, where did that concept come from? So it was originally from the original owners uh, about uh, almost 11 years ago. Her name was Nancy, and she actually used to own a small bookstore uh, on one of the side streets here in Richmond Hill, uh, off just off of Young. And uh, she just got to be busy and wanted to expand on the feel of her store and wanted to delve more into the coffee or a cafe type of experience. So that's why actually Covernotes has all the books that it has because she actually expanded on her original bookstore, took over the space here in the, beside the Performing Arts Center, and 
um, decided to also add the art as a flavor on the wall because she was an artist herself. And we work with the Richmond Hill um, a Mill Pond group of artists, and that's who typically put hangs their arts on our wall. And we actually change out those arts every month uh, with just local artists. And you can come in and just see every month a different array of the art that goes on the wall. Wow, that's amazing. So so what I'm hearing here is, you know, great food, uh, great selection of, of teas, some artwork to take in, some great books to take in. Any other sort of services or events that you offer? There are. We actually do have uh, every other weekend now, it's starting up again, that we, they took January off, but every other weekend now we have live music that comes in. Mm. And actually people, it, it's open to anybody who wants to come and sing in the afternoon. Uh, so we try and do that, and then there's, a, you know, every other week there's this French group that comes in, and literally it's a random group of strangers who want to be able to expand and still use their use of the French language, and they just come in and they speak French to each other. That's it. So we're trying to incorporate it even more groups. There's some uh, groups that want to come in, and they play Scrabble every Wednesday afternoon. So there there is quite a few different types of groups that come in and just use the space and for for their own unique purposes. Interesting. Is there a fee to use the space? No. The only thing that we request when we're going to have a large group like that, especially if they're going to be taking up a few tables at a time, is that you know generally that everybody spend at least five dollars, which is not that difficult. It's a it's a latte or a, and a muffin or you know typically what you would just be getting anyways, and that's usually what we ask is the fee. Right. Okay. And you're a manager at the store. Is that correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. And how long have you been working there? Uh, almost three years now almost three years. And in that period of time, have you seen sort of the, the offering of services grow? And, and how does that happen? Is it more organic? You, do you tend to see a demand for something and, and then you say, hey, yeah, let's try that? Absolutely, it's organic. And then uh, it just it, it, it seems to spread word of mouth. And we've actually we have been lucky enough to have a few different articles in the paper and the local paper and in Snap. And what ends up happening is just more and more people see it and go, oh, my gosh, we didn't know this was here. Just because the building can somewhat sometimes be, um, you, don't, you don't know what's in here. So when people finally find out what it is, they're like, and, and it's daily. We still get people daily. Oh, my gosh, we lived in Richmond Hill our whole lives. We didn't know what this was. Mm-hmm. And so the business is constantly evolving and changing and growing. We have our regulars that come in. We know them all by name. It's you know, like the old version of Cheers. They walk in and we go, hey, Rory, how's it going? You know, just it's a lot of regulars, but again, a lot of new faces all the time, which is fantastic. We want new faces. We welcome them. Mm. Monique, tell me, why do you think people love this concept? I think it's exactly, it goes back to what you said. You know, we're not a big, huge conglomerate. We're not like the, the Starbucks and the Timmy's where it's, loud and noisy and fast-paced and in and out, in and out. It's it's calm. you got to get out of your car, right? Because we're not a drive-thru. you got to get out of your car and you make it an experience when you come. It's Again, you can pick up a book, like we said. We can You can come in and listen to music. You can come in and just look at the arts. Or you can have a full work day with us. That's great. Uh, where can people find out more information? Uh, actually, you can come in and see the store. You can go on our website. You can... Um, we have a Facebook page as well, so they can go and use any of those social media to, okay. to come check us out. And your address is? Um, oh, my gosh. www.covernotesrichmondhill.com. Okay, wonderful. That's great. Monique, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. No problem. You have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks. Take care.
You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region. If you thought camping was reserved for summer, think again. Scouts Canada is next with a few ideas to get you outdoors right now. Yes, it's winter. Yes, I know it's cold out. Spring's a couple months away. But hey, we're Canadian. We embrace the great outdoors. And who better to talk about the great outdoors than our friends at Scouts Canada, including someone who's been a Rover Scout for 12 years, Reagan McKinney. Reagan, how are you? Quite well. How are you? Good, good, good. You know, I mean, some people get intimidated by the thought of doing things outdoor in the winter, but I mean, with Scouts Canada, you don't just embrace the winter. You guys camp in the winter, and if you're prepared properly, it can be a great experience. For sure. And what do you find um, is some of the best things about camping in the winter? Um, well, there's definitely um, snow is a very um, fun thing to create things with. You can make quincies. Um, it's easy to track animals. They leave uh, better prints in the snow. Um, it's just a better experience for having creative adventures outside. I find a lot of people said there's a there's a sense of peace and quiet by camping in the snows. Do you find that as well? For sure. There's nothing like stepping in the fresh powder in the morning that you know no one else has stepped in. All right. So here I am. Say I'm, a, I'm an amateur and I want to go camping in Canada. I love Canada so much. It's a snowy weekend, but I'm going to do it. What's the first two or three things I need to bring with me before I go do this? Um, definitely think um, in layers, bring lots of extra things that you wouldn't usually bring camping. Um, make sure you check the weather forecast. Um, you, you are expecting cold weather, but make sure it's not um, extreme cold warning mm-hmm. or um, extreme snow. Um, always pack an emergency kit with you uh, with flashlights, extra blankets, uh, extra layers, a first aid kit, GPS, and make sure you tell someone where you're going and when you plan on returning. Now, what's a sleeping pad? I know what a sleeping bag is, but what's a sleeping pad? Um, so it would be the, um, the layer between you and the ground. Ah. Um, so you, for winter camping, you'd want something thicker. Um, you don't want your body laying on the cold ground. You want it elevated, and you don't want the pad to be compressed. So make sure you're using a thermal rest, not an air mattress. Okay, and then now once you're out there with your sleeping bag, it, would I should it be a good idea to like throw my extra clothes in the sleeping bag when I roll it up? Oh, for sure. Um, when you uh, go to sleep at night, uh, put the clothes that you'll be wearing for the next day in the sleeping bag with you. Um, it'll uh, uh, fill the holes in your sleeping bag, so keeping you warmer, and you'll have warm clothes for the morning. Now, I guess my thing is, okay, I'm going to be needing a fire, no matter what time of year, but especially in the winter. Are there certain things I can bring from home, like a little metal container, if I need to start a fire and keep warm and cook some food? Um, Yes. Uh, So if you uh, put uh, Vaseline on cotton, um, you can use that as a wick. Um, You can light your match and then light that, and it will make it easier to light fires. And you can also bring uh, things such as dryer lint and extra kindling from home. Um, There's not a lot of dry materials at that time to start fires, so bringing fire starters is a great idea. Oh, I didn't know. So a a, a cotton ball soaked in Vaseline will light the fire and work as a wick? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's fantastic. Now, I guess the other things you would need is, like you say, you need all your essentials, but are there certain foods that are better to bring when you're camping in the winter than others? Uh, for sure. Would not recommend making French toast in the wintertime. <laughs> um, avoid most liquids, um, especially you'll be wearing mittens, so it's hard to cook. Um, try and prepare your meals, so chopping any vegetables, um, mixing spices into things uh, beforehand, so it makes it easier to cook. Um, and plan meals uh, to cook on fires. That's usually the best 
option, you're going to want to build the fire to stay warm. So uh, cooking over the fire is definitely a fun option in the winter. Speaking with Reagan McKinney, she's a Rover Scout with Scouts Canada, and they're talking about the ultimate camping hacks. And I hit, and is this an urban legend? But if you flip your water bottle upside down in the winter, it'll freeze like in the bottom, and you'll have water at the top when you flip it back over. That is not a myth. Um, would definitely recommend putting your water bottle upside down overnight. Um, you can also put it in the snow to insulate it even further from freezing. Um, or you can put hot water in it at night, seal it off, and then use it as a heat pack during the night. Does it matter what kind of um, bowls and cups and utensils I bring with me when I'm camping in the winter? Um, yeah, uh, it's recommended to bring uh, woods. Um, metal will get very cold. It'll make your food cold immediately. Um, and plastic is not um, very strong in the winter time. It usually cracks. Now, when you're camping in the winter, do, do you bring the water with you, or do you chop the ice and try to take water from, like, a stream or a lake or something? Um, in my experience, we usually bring the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can melt snow, but it's about 20 parts snow to get one part water. <laughs> um, and it's very difficult to uh, filter water if it's frozen, so we usually brought water. But you can melt snow if needed. Do, do you have a favorite areas in the country where you have camped in the winter that really, like, you love? Um, I'm originally from Alberta, so I do have to say, um, camping near the mountains in that area is very peaceful, very quiet in the wintertime. Um, most of the trails haven't been walked on, so it's a great experience. And no bears to worry about in the winter because they're sleeping, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, Regan McKinney, uh, thank you so much. You're a Rover Scout with Scouts Canada. If you want some more information of what you can do to have some great fun camping in the winter in Canada, go to their website. They have a great list of safety tips for Canadians. It's scouts.ca slash safety slash safety tips, and you can get everything you need from Scouts Canada, or you can uh, register for their winter discount and winter registration. So check it out with Scouts Canada. Reagan, thank you so much for your help, and I hope everyone who's heard this has got inspired to go camping in the winter. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Get outside. <laughs> get outside. I like that. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of the feed, head over to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Tina Cortez. Thanks for listening.